what's up world? I'm Cameron McKinney and this is Pop Culture Spotlight, a podcast that is looking back at the career of legendary actor Al Pacino. When it comes to Al Pacino, you could say he had the best decade any actor has ever had in the 1970s. His acting credits that decade include 1972's The Godfather. It's been well documented. The studio did not want him in that movie. They wanted a bigger star, but at the time, director Francis Ford Coppola came to bat for him. It's hard to fathom that there was a time when a studio did not want the great Al Pacino in their movies, but he was unproven at that time. In 1973, he starred in The Scarecrow, which paired him with Gene Hackman. This is an underrated, underseen movie, and I think in it, Pacino gives his best comedic performance. That same year, he starred in Serpico, where he plays a cop who undercovers how crooked some of his colleagues are. In 1974, The Godfather Part 2 comes out, and in this movie, his scenes with Diane Keene in particular are are heartbreaking, and by the end of the movie, Michael becomes just as cruel as his father. In 1975, he starred in Dog Days Afternoon, and 1979, and Justice for All. His work in this decade, Al Pacino received five Best Leading Actor nominations. And the two filmmakers he was most associated with during the 70s were Francis Ford Coppola and Sidney Lumet. He worked with Coppola on the two Godfather films as Michael Corleone, which by many standards are the best movies of all time. To go along with Pacino, you had Marlon Brando, James Caan, Robert Duvall, John Cazelle, Taylor Shire, and Diane Keaton. And for Lumet, Pacino starred in Serpico and Dog Day Afternoon and gives two of his best performances. Dog Day Afternoon in particular is the movie that most relies on Pacino. That's the movie you watch and go, no other actor on earth could have given that performance. What's so great about that decade of his work is a young Pacino was really challenging himself and we don't see that a lot nowadays. We don't see young actors work in really hard movies consistently. Yes, you will see young actors challenge themselves but not to the extent that Al Pacino was. He was really trying to master his craft. You could see his evolution as an actor just with him playing one character. The evolution of Michael Corleone is insane. I mean, at the beginning of that franchise, he's a sympathetic figure, but by the end of it, he has to sell you that he's becoming a cruel mobster like his father. And if you don't buy that that character has changed, then those movies don't work at all. Coming out of the 70s, the 80s were an odd time for Pacino. He didn't make a lot of movies. There was one notable film, though, Brian De Palma's Scarface, written by Oliver Stone, where he played drug lord Tony Montana alongside Michelle Pfeiffer in her first big role. This movie is polarizing. There are those who think it's one of the best ever and others who think it's super overrated. I'm in the in-between. On the one hand, Pacino and Pfeiffer are great together. On the other hand, the movie is ridiculously over the top. It's a movie that defines the 80s. On a daily basis, people are still saying, say hello to my little friend. For me, you can't argue that the movie has become iconic. It has. It's become mainstream. But it's not in that same category of movies like The Godfather or Dog Day Afternoon. It's just not top-tier Pacino. I really like him in the movie. I think he's really going for 
for it. I think it's a different kind of Pacino performance, but it's not one of my favorites. I understand the sentimentality some people have towards it. I don't think it's a movie that has aged particularly well. I don't want to speculate as to why Pacino didn't make more movies in the 80s. I know he went through some personal struggles. I will say this. I think part of it has to do with the kind of movies they were making in the 80s that you just couldn't imagine Al Pacino in. Like, I couldn't imagine Pacino in, say, a Star Wars movie. I know that George Lucas wanted him to play Han Solo. I just couldn't picture that. The kind of movies that were big in the 80s are these mainstream studio movies like Back to the Future. There's no roles for somebody like Al Pacino in those movies. I don't think the 80s work well with Al Pacino. It makes sense to me that that's the decade that he didn't make a lot of movies. I mean, if you really think about it, the movies he became famous for in the 70s almost became out of fashion in less than a decade in the 80s. It was now all about the franchise movies like Star Wars and Indiana Jones. And again, this is all speculation, but I'm sure that Al Pacino kind of felt out of place. But lucky for him, the 90s were a true resurgence for Pacino. In 90, he starred in both Dick Tracy with Warren Beatty and Dustin Hoffman and The Godfather Part 3 and received a Best Supporting Actor nomination for Dick Tracy. I do want to talk about The Godfather Part 3 for a moment because I did recently watch that movie. I think, of course, it is the weakest of the franchise. I really like some parts in it. Andy Garcia is really good in the movie. Pacino is excellent, especially in that scene when his daughter dies at the end of the movie. Sorry, spoiler alert. I think there's two things holding this film back from being great. The first thing is the lack of Robert Duvall. How could you not bring back Robert Duvall for the third and final Godfather film? That's why I really don't take the movie all that seriously. It's okay, but I think it could have been really good if Robert Duvall were involved. And if Sofia Coppola did not play the daughter. I mean, we almost lived in a world where Winona Ryder played the daughter in The Godfather Part 3, and in my estimation, that would have been a way better movie. I love Sofia Coppola as a director, but she is not a professional actress. And as much as her father, Francis Ford Coppola, wants to say she's not the problem with the movie, she kind of is. The last thing I'll say on it is, I think we all wanted the Godfather trilogy to end in a better way. In 92, Pacino starred in both Glengarry Glen Ross with Jack Lemmon, Ed Harris, Alan Arkin, and Alec Baldwin. And even though he wasn't given the iconic coffee is for closers moment, he's the best part of that movie. The scene where he tears apart Kevin Spacey's character is the best scene in the movie. And that same year he starred in Ascent of a Woman. Pacino received Oscar nominations for both films and won Best Leading Actor for Scent of a Woman. There are many people, including myself, who are baffled by the fact that this is the movie that won Al Pacino his lone Oscar. I mean, this is, by many estimates, the greatest actor of all time, and you gave him an award for a movie that I wouldn't even put in his top 10 performances. There are literally 10 other movies I would have accepted him winning the Oscar for. The other examples would be, of course, The Godfather Part 2. I would have loved him getting an Oscar for that. Serpico, or Dog Day Afternoon, or I would even go Glengarry Glen Ross. There are many other movies that I think Al Pacino was more worthy of winning an Oscar for. It's the same way I feel about Leonardo DiCaprio winning his lone 
own Oscar for The Revenant. Yes, I'm glad Pacino and DiCaprio have won Oscars. It would be insane if they never won, but at the same point, I wish they won for different, more iconic performances. In 93, Pacino starred in one of my favorite of his, Brian De Palma's Carlito's Way. This is a movie I think is better than Scarface, which of course De Palma also directed. I also love Al Pacino with Sean Penn in this movie. They are an iconic duo. There is a boat scene in this movie that is to die for. This is Pacino at his best playing an anti-hero. And I won't spoil that movie's ending, but it's awesome. In 95, it was the first time Pacino and Robert De Niro were on screen together in Michael Mann's Heat along with Val Kilmer and Natalie Portman. And for what it's worth, Pacino is the best thing about Heat. He's great as this workaholic detective. And then in 99, he works with Michael Mann again on The Insider. This is a great movie about television news. I love Christopher Plummer as Michael Wallace in this movie. Russell Crowe, this should have been the movie that won Russell Crowe his Oscar. I think he should have won for this and Gladiator. Russell Crowe should be a two-time Oscar winner. And in that same year, he starred in what I would call the best movie about football ever, Oliver Stone's Any Given Sunday with Cameron Diaz, Jamie Foxx, and Dennis Quaid. I love the ending where Pacino takes Jamie Foxx's character to his next team with him and the other people in the movie are just shocked by this news. Pacino is great in his scenes with Jamie Foxx and he's also great with Cameron Diaz. Any Given Sunday is a top-notch sports movie. The 2000s, like the 80s, were rough for Pacino. He was in some very bad movies. There is, however, one I think that gets overlooked and that's 2002's Insomnia directed by Christopher Nolan. This movie pairs Pacino against Robin Williams. This film has become a bit of a hidden gem. Pacino is playing a detective who accidentally kills his partner. A lot of people have said this is the movie that Warner Brothers watched and said this proved that Christopher Nolan could make a Batman movie because you could see Robin Williams as like a Batman villain in this film. This is also the first movie where Christopher Nolan as a director works with major, major movie stars. I mean, his last film, Memento, starred Guy Pearce. I mean, now he's working with Al Pacino and Robin Williams, two of the best all time. There's a strong argument to be made and I'll make it. This is Pacino's last great leading performance. He really hasn't been the lead of a great film lately. Just when it seemed like Al Pacino's career was over and he was becoming irrelevant, he bounced back in a big way in 2019, working with two master filmmakers for the first time. First, you have The Irishman with Martin Scorsese, starring alongside Robert De Niro and Joe Pesci. In the movie, Pacino plays union leader Jimmy Hoffa. Both Pacino and Pesci ended up getting a nomination for Best Supporting Actor for their work in the film. I liked The Irishman. I thought it was really long. It's such a weird movie because they de-aged these three iconic actors. But it does work, and the scenes between De Niro and Pacino were great. And it would have been really weird if Pacino went an entire career without working with Martin Scorsese. The second film is Quentin Tarantino's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood with Leonardo DiCaprio, Brad Pitt, and Margot Robbie. Now, Pacino only has a small role in this movie, and all of his scenes are shared with Leonardo DiCaprio. I really liked Pacino in this movie. In it, he plays a casting agent named Marvin Schwartz, who is trying to convince 
Leonardo DiCaprio's Rick Dalton to make Italian westerns. When you really take a deep dive into the career of Al Pacino, you will see one commonality. He continues to work in movies with great cast. I mean, he has been in some of the best casted movies of all time. The Godfather films, I mean, those movies have some of the best actors ever. Then you have Glengarry Glen Ross. That has one of the best cast ever. He's paired with Jack Lemmon in that movie of all people. The Irishman is a great cast outside of the big three of De Niro, Pacino, and Pesci. You also have Ray Romano, who's really good in that movie. Jesse Plemons, Anna Paquin, Bobby Cannavale. Pacino does some of his best work when he's working in a great ensemble movie. And I think it's because in those movies, he doesn't have to carry the entire movie. We all know that Al Pacino is capable of carrying an entire movie, but there's something special when he just gives you a few great moments. Like I was just watching Glengarry Glen Ross, and he doesn't have all of the great moments. Ed Harris has some great moments. Jack Lemmon has a lot of great moments. Alec Baldwin has his great moments. And Al Pacino is given a few great moments, but it's such a great performance. You don't need him to be in every scene for it to be a great performance. And it makes it such a better movie that there are other people getting great moments. I don't love a movie where it's the leading man is the only great thing in the movie. And I think that's what's special about Al Pacino and his career is he's in these movies that he's not the only thing that's great about them. Another movie that I thought had a great cast was last year's House of Gucci with Adam Driver, Lady Gaga, Jeremy Irons, Jared Leto, and Al Pacino. I really loved Al Pacino in this movie. I thought him and Jeremy Irons were the unsung heroes of this movie. And a lot of people pointed this out at the time, that a lot of people in this movie were going for it, and surprisingly, Al Pacino was not one of them. Al Pacino was doing some really subtle acting in this movie, which really hasn't been his style the last 25 years or so. So for him to go back to being subtle Al Pacino in the movie House of Gucci was really special to see. I know the movie ended up being devising, but I really liked the movie, and I liked both movies that Ridley Scott made last year, House of Gucci and The Last Duel. What these last few years have shown is that Al Pacino has something left in the tank. Now, he shouldn't be the lead of a movie, he shouldn't work in a movie with a bad director, but if he is working with a top-notch filmmaker, he should be in a movie with a supporting role, working with the likes of Martin Scorsese, Quentin Tarantino, and Ridley Scott. And there are some great directors out there that I would love to see Al Pacino work with. I would love to see him work with Francis Ford Coppola again. I hope Pacino gets added to that Megaopolis movie. I would love to see them reunite. I would love to see him work with Christopher Nolan again. I would love to see him work with Paul Thomas Anderson for the first time. I would love to see Al Pacino in a Safdie Brothers movie. Like, there are some filmmakers that I wish would use Al Pacino in a supporting role. I don't think he's capable of giving a great leading performance anymore, but he can come into a movie for three to four scenes and take it over for a bit. The long debate about Pacino is who is better between him and Robert De Niro. Personally, I think it's Pacino. I think he has more range as an actor, and I think he's been more consistent and has made better career choices, especially lately, when it comes to which movies to be in. Both are brilliant, but I prefer Al Pacino. It is great that these two icons have done some of their best work together. I love The Irishman. I love Heat. I love The Godfather Part 2, even though they don't share any scenes together. 
together. I hope they do one or two more movies before their career is all said and done, but I hope they are really good movies that they do. But in the same breath, it would be fitting if The Irishman ended up being their last time on screen together. That was a great film. What's fascinating to me about Al Pacino is because he's been around for so long, there have been different iterations of him as an actor, and we've seen his approach to acting change. In the 70s, he was a calm presence, and later on in his career, he's really going for it as an actor. And because of that, there are people who prefer the more subdued Pacino over the loud in your face one, and vice versa. I like that both exist. I like that the guy from The Godfather who was quiet went on to be Tony and Scarface. Many beloved actors and movie stars do the same thing over and over again because they know what people want, for better or worse. Pacino evolved as an actor. He's not doing the same thing that made him famous in the 70s. He was really going for it. And yes, his acting approach in the 90s is a bit over the top at times. My favorite Pacino is subdued, quiet Pacino. I love Pacino in Carlito's Way and Glengarry Glen Ross. Those are the two performances I think are two of his better acting performances. I think they're two of his best. I think they're two of my favorites. I think that's what I like most out of Al Pacino. But at the same time, I can really enjoy him in Scarface in any given Sunday. Al Pacino is not the definitive best actor of all time. No one is. But if you have a discussion about who is and don't bring up his name, you're wrong. He's the best actor of the 1970s, a era that many people consider the golden age of American filmmaking. So if he's the best actor of that time, he's one of the best actors of all time. Something that I do admire about Pacino is I do love the fact that he stayed out of the comic book movie. I love the fact that he hasn't shown up in a Marvel movie. It's kind of sad when an icon shows up in one of those movies for five minutes. I'm thinking about Robert Redford in Avengers Endgame. Yes, he was very good in Captain America Civil War. That was fine. He can do that all day long. What was really sad is seeing Robert Redford show up for a scene in Avengers Endgame and being a cliff note. Robert Redford is too iconic to be a cliff note. I don't want to see that happen to Al Pacino. I want him to remain out of a Marvel movie. I'm sad that Harrison Ford is going to be in a Marvel movie. Harrison Ford is one of my favorite actors. Now, yes, Harrison Ford, unlike Pacino, became famous for the blockbusters. But still, Harrison Ford, you don't need to be in a Marvel movie. And I think Al Pacino realizes he doesn't need to be in a Marvel movie. He doesn't need to be relevant anymore. He can just quietly do decent work in movies directed by auteur filmmakers. And if Pacino ever does be in one of those movies, I would hope it would be in one like Joker. I like that Robert De Niro was in Joker. I thought that movie was like an ode to the movies that De Niro made in the 70s with Scorsese. It made sense that Robert De Niro was in that movie. I would like Al Pacino to be in one of those movies if it only makes sense. If you think about it, Pacino is one of the only great actors ever never to really appear in a movie that I would call a blockbuster film. Yes, The Irishman cost a lot of money to make because they were de-aging old actors. That movie is not a blockbuster. Al Pacino and blockbusters just doesn't make any sense. The movies that do are movies like The Godfather, Dog Day Afternoon, Any Given Sunday. Those are the type of movies that Al Pacino makes and those are the type of movies he's probably going to continue to make until the end of his career. Some of them are not going to work out, but he has been consistent, more 
consistent than most actors. I'll end on this. I do think it's criminal. He's only a one-time Oscar winner. Give this guy more Oscars. He should have won for The Godfather Part 2. He should have won for Dog Day Afternoon. And he should have won for Glen Gary Glen Ross. I also think it's somewhat criminal that he wasn't nominated for Heat or The Insider. I mean, what he did with Michael Mann is some of his best work. In my opinion, Pacino is one of the five greatest leading men of all time. Thanks for listening to this edition of Pop Culture Spotlight. I'm Cameron McKinney, and there'll be a new episode of the podcast every Thursday on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. On this episode, I did a career retrospective on the career of Al Pacino. Next month, I am planning on doing a career retrospective of the career of actor Joaquin Phoenix. So look out for that podcast, and please rate, review, and subscribe. Subscribe.